to really make it, you know, something that's going to increase your revenue stream and make it a, a really professional product, then you're really going to want to add, you know, a lot of value to it. And like you would have um, assessments and you would have worksheets, you would have very well produced videos and it would be very well structured. In addition to offering things like certification, you know, if you teach something that's in demand, you can offer a certificate that people can even put on like their LinkedIn profile. You really would need to pay special attention to what is free and what you can add to that in the marketplaces to make certain that yours is more appealing. That's my guest today, Deltina Hay, who's Director of Technology and E-Learning Development at E-Learning Delta. Uh, We're going to be talking just a bit about ways you can extend your book into the world of online learning. I don't know if you've ever considered doing that, but maybe you should consider it now. So stay tuned. But first, let me welcome you to Inside Independent Publishing with IBPA. Thanks for streaming in. I'm an independent publisher, and I'm your host, Peter Goodman. Inside Independent Publishing comes to you from IBPA, the Independent Book Publishers Association. IBPA's mission is to lead and serve the independent publishing community through advocacy, education, and tools for success. For more about IBPA and how it can help you be a better publisher and sell more books, whatever kind of publisher you are, go to ibpa-online.org. You can also tweet questions and comments to me at the handles at Peter Goodman or at IBPA. Now, let's get started. Uh, Deltina Hay is the Director of Technology and E-Learning Development at E-Learning Delta in Austin, Texas. She's a programmer, web developer, software aficionado, writer, teacher, digital strategist, and instructional designer. For nearly 30 years, Deltina has helped businesses of all sizes with their custom programming, database management, web development, search optimization, and social media marketing. Uh, She's the author of three books on social media, the mobile web, and search optimization. Uh, Her first book, called The Social Media Survival Guide, is used as a textbook in colleges and universities all over the world. For the past five years, Deltina has applied her diverse skill set to the education industry. Her own e-learning development company, Deltina U., produces and publishes courses in digital and mobile marketing, search optimization, and web development, and she is a past board chair of IBPA. Now, I'll put Deltina's many other accomplishments in the podcast notes, because I don't want to run out of time here. So instead, uh, let's just find out a little bit more about online learning. Welcome, Deltina. Hi, Peter. It's great to be here. Hi. Well, that was a long introduction. There's a lot to say about you. But uh, first... Before we get started, let's make sure we uh, understand what we're talking about here. What is e-learning, particularly in the context of uh, what it might mean for the small indie publisher or author publisher? Well, e-learning is a... Actually, one of the fastest growing markets globally right now, and it's it's reached the mainstream in the sense that it's it isn't only for educators anymore, and so um, people who, especially with nonfiction books, have really kind of latched onto the idea of e-learning as another way to get their ideas and instruction out there, and. 
the e-learning marketplaces like Udemy is one of those places in which a lot of people have gone to get their ideas out there and in in an instructional environment. And so these but these marketplaces have just exploded. And so that's why more and more people are really turning to them and find and trying to find out how they can make them fit into their overall strategy. So we're not talking about uh, academic textbooks, which is the first thing I think of when I hear the word e-learning, where you basically take a a textbook and convert it into digital, which, I mean, publishers have been doing that for a long time. This is something a little bit different, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think that with the the advent of some of the e-learning marketplaces that are out there, like Udemy, more and more people are realizing that their consumers or their customers really want to access their information this way. And these are, you know, less academic and they're more, you know, real people or authors talking about their experience and teaching in a more casual way. And customers really like this. Readers really like this. And so it's just really taken off. What kind of uh, authors or what kind of books lend themselves to this? Are this like woodworking or crafts or cooking or something like that? Or Yeah, actually all of those. And I, I find that the, the most popular courses on Udemy are skills. I mean, especially if you teach anything like programming or marketing or sales. Those are really hot. And... But really, anything where you're teaching new skills, you're teaching you know, existing skills in a new way. Or even if you're just uh, writing a book that introduces new concepts, ideas, or even enhances people's lives in some way, there's, there's always a way to, to tr- transform that into video and other types of engaging uh, material that people or consumers want to, co- to access your information through. Do you find that it's mostly um, people starting with a book and then figuring out what else can I do with it? Or are people kind of starting with a with a business or a career or some message that they want to get across and then strategizing, I'll do this in a book, I'll do this in e-learning, and they, they make a whole kind of package for themselves? Yeah, I think it's both. I think that that a lot of people see e-learning as as an initial endeavor, and then they might write a book after. But I also see a lot of people who have a book and say, you know, I know that my content would do really well in these marketplaces, and so I'm going to go ahead and add that that as you know part of my overall strategy. So I, I think there are a couple uh, aspects of this that uh, people would be interested in. Uh, for one thing, is uh, skill set. I think a lot of the IBPA membership, in particular, feels pretty comfortable uh, writing with the uh, production tools related to book manufacturing. Uh, but when you get into e-learning and video and audio and um, all that stuff, it's a it's a whole different thing. That and that's I guess where you, you folks come in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, the, the great thing about you know the IBPA membership is that they pretty much are DIYers. You know, they love to do things themselves. And I encourage people to you know sit down and do some. You know, try your hand at doing instructional videos with your content and, and, but, you know, at some point, and if you, if this is going to be a serious endeavor and you really want to make some money at it, then it would be good to come and get the advice of somebody like eLearning Delta to help you produce your videos. Um, instructional designers who, who can really take your content and, and rewrite it for this audience. 
and create assessments and interactivity and so forth. We've all seen these in you know videos on YouTube where some guy, uh, I was just watching one the other day about uh, how to lace up your boots of all things because I <laughs> needed help. Uh, and uh, it was very useful. I learned everything I needed to know in about 15, 20 seconds uh, and it didn't cost me a dime. Uh, there's a lot of free stuff out there and people probably look for to see what's available for free. Uh, what do they get if someone is willing to put a little money into it and make a more professional production and presentation? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And I really encourage people that if all they want to do is use video and short instruction bits to promote their books or, you know, get people to buy more books, then I recommend going to, like, doing it on YouTube or Instagram or, you know, one of those other social media outlets. Uh, but you to really make it, you know, something that's going to increase your revenue stream and make it a, a really professional product, then you're really going to want to add, you know, a lot of value to it. And like you would have um, assessments and you would have worksheets, you would have very well-produced videos and it would be very well-structured in addition to offering things like certification. You know, if you teach something that's in demand, you can offer a certificate that people can even put on like their LinkedIn profile. And so, yeah, you really would need to pay special attention to what is free and what you can add to that in the marketplaces to make certain that yours is more appealing. So in, in order to charge more for your uh, presentation, it uh, so it has to be produced to a higher standard and then that gets into uh, expertise and money, I guess. What uh, is it possible for, do people do this mostly as kind of a calling card to give themselves uh, some kind of credibility in their professional circle, or do they actually do it with the intent of making a profit from it? Oh, I think both, and I and I think that you can do both for very easily. I mean, you can you can create a course that is just you know you establishing yourself as a thought leader and your your expertise, and then encouraging people to buy the book. And you could you could do something like that for a smaller fee or even free. But then, yeah, if you wanted to say, okay, here's my book, you know, read the content. And then if you wanted to delve even deeper, if you want to have hands-on experience or you want to, you know, actually be able to, you know, to tout that I took this course and I know, you know, more about this than anyone else, then, you know, take my course and get a, get a certificate from it. But it would, all, it would need to enhance, you know, your book. It would have to have know, something some more way. than just what's, what's already covered in the book. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, are these production tools available to, uh, I mean, obviously they're available, but just because you own a production tool doesn't mean you understand how to, how to use it. Is this really something that a, you know, ordinary person with no particular AV skills would be able to do? Uh, yeah, they would. I mean, for instance, the, the one that is probably the most user friendly is articulate storyline. It's a little bit expensive. Um, but it is really user-friendly, mostly because it will remind you of working in PowerPoint. And so you you can even upload PowerPoint presentations into the software, and then ultimately at the end of it have you know a full course with quizzes and other interactive elements. And that, that's the other thing I think that e-learning software offers above just offering video lessons. 
is that you have much more interactivity in there. And Storyline offers you, you know, ways to add those interactivities and, and assessments and, you know, kind of that hands-on experience that people can get. Now, the other one is Adobe Captivate. That's, the learning curve is a little higher, but if you already have Creative Suite and you're used to using Adobe products, then that one could be a good choice, too. So with, with either of these, either the Articulate Storyline or Adobe Captivate, um, it kind of uh, presents you with, uh, with modules that you can fill up with content and then ways of connecting them and adding snippets of audio or video or whatever. It gives you like a basic structure to it, in other words? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the other one I wanted to mention um, is uh, Camtasia. That's another one that is really affordable that you can do. It has somewhat limited interactivity features, but it's also a really great choice because it's only like, I think, 99 or $199 or something. Uh, but yeah, you would go in and you, would, you could add video. You could do like voiceover on, you know, screencasting. You see simulations, like software simulations, if you want to actually show what's going on on the screen and talk over that. And then you might go into, you know, maybe a drag and drop activity or even a graded quiz. And then, you know, go on to the next lesson and or embed a video. So, yeah, you really have kind of endless possibilities for adding interactive elements into the software. So I think it'd be good then for maybe people to check out the websites of those various products and see what's involved and figure out uh, maybe to what extent they want to jump in. But let's assume that someone has been very ambitious and uh, put this together in, in some fashion by themselves or using someone like like you folks. Um, then they then they have this, this thing. Then what do they do? do with it. it obviously it has to reside online somewhere but and then to monetize it, it they have to uh they have to sell it collect money it has to be protected i guess copy protected in, in in some fashion and it also has to be marketed so that people know about it what what so what do people do with their finished product right well i like to put um i like to make help or encourage people to make that decision early on, like mm-hmm. even before we start producing the course, because there's a number of ways in which you can do that. For instance, you need to make a decision as to whether or not you want to offer your course in one of the marketplaces like Udemy, or I could say and or you want to have what's called your own learning management system where you can host your own courses and you have more control of them. Um, the best comparison I can do to publishing in that case is whether or not you want to sell your books yourself or sell them on Amazon. Because the marketplaces like Udemy, they're going to take their cut, and they're also going to be discounting. And so it's the same scenario that we're all too familiar with with Amazon. Versus um, hosting your courses yourself on your own learning management system, where you can have your own e-commerce solution there, and you have control of all of your users. You can you know, create lists from your users. And pretty much have complete control. And there are platforms that exist that uh, uh, enable you to, um, you know, basically have have your own, like a, a kind of a analogous to a WordPress site that is set up for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are there are a lot of them, uh-huh. and that's actually another thing that we do is we help people find the best solution because it's it's can get overwhelming. There are a lot of learning management systems out there. Some of them are just you know really robust and way more than a lot of people need. Some of them are a bit too limited. Right. So you know, and and but 
but they're becoming more affordable and uh, more user-friendly all the time. Something like Udemy, I guess, offers discoverability and uh, they do all the back-end stuff. So Exactly. Y- you just sit back and roll in the bucks as they flow in, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which, of course, doesn't that. really happen uh, unless you right. work at it. So p- book publishers are familiar with book marketing, sending out review copies and whatnot. What, what is an analogous sort of thing that a, uh e-learning um, content um, publisher has to do in order to attract eyeballs and customers? Well, yeah, it's, it's very similar. Um, for instance, there are review sites, and there are probably the very best way to market a course is to take advantage of places like YouTube and Instagram and other places where you can post you know, smaller lessons or parts of lessons and then have links, you know, along with coupons back to the main course. And doing blogging, I, I think, really more than anything, because if you've already written, you know, your book, if you've already produced an entire course, then you can be talking about that in a blog, and you can have, again, really short snippets of a lesson. And, you know, blogging is great because you, you have something in existence now that you can market, you know, in all social media channel, channels. Right. So it does it does sound very, very similar. You need to get your message out there, and I guess you have to get testimonials, and uh, it's uh, no one should think it's easy that uh, it's just going to happen on its own. Yeah. I'm sure people are wondering, uh, what's this all going to cost me? And I'm sure costs vary tremendously. Um you know, if you're using licensed material, you know, from, from some other source, that's going to cost you money. Getting music, getting, um, you know, getting all the snippets together, doing the editing, et cetera. Um, I imagine most people are, they may try and do something easy on their own, but it, when it gets complicated, they're really going to have to turn to a professional. What would be a cost range? $5,000, ten, fifteen, something like that to... And I, I know it just depends, but what is a, a, a good figure for people to start thinking, thinking about? Well, I would say around, we tell people around $7,500 for a one-hour course, a 60-minute course. And when you are figuring that length of a course, we're really not talking about like the lessons themselves are 60 minutes long. We're talking about the course itself. It takes a student or a learner 60 minutes to complete it. And so there may be 30 minutes worth of video lessons. There may be activities in there. There may be quizzes they need to complete and so forth. And so a, a complete course, one hour long, especially with if you already have existing content, then, yeah, that would run around 7,500. And, and if you're going to have like a... Uh like a three or four part course, you would just quadruple that, or there are there some savings that come from scale? Yeah, absolutely, because because a lot of that has to do with the initial setup and you know, the initial branding and making decisions on organization and what software you're going to use and the types of images and all of that. And so, what we typically do is we'll say, you know, if you if you decide that you have more than that, you know, maybe you have three or four hours of content. Then seventy five hundred for the first, and then somewhere like around maybe fifty five hundred for the second, and thirty two hundred for subsequent. Right. Okay, that's very useful. And what is happening with uh, pricing? You know, like um, ebook pricing, for example, you can get ebooks 
I mean, you can have a dozen sent to you for free every morning if you want. Uh, you can buy them for a dollar ninety nine, or if you buy them through standard markets, they're going to be like the cost of a trade paper bank. Is there that kind of variety in uh, in pricing for the e learning as well? Yeah, there can be on the marketplaces, and that's why it's it's a really good idea to if you're thinking about doing this, go to one of the marketplaces like Udemy, and try and find courses that are similar to the ones that you want to offer, and see what they're selling for. And see what they're discounted down to, because a lot of times, you know, they'll be discounted way down from what their original price was. And that should give you an idea of, you know, first of all, what they're selling for. And secondly, it'll give you an idea of demand, you know, what people want. And But you really want to make certain that you're producing something that is that is high quality and, and has a lot of value so that you don't have to worry about you know, it being undervalued by some of the um, some of the cheaper, you know, ones that are out there, or you know, some of the. And I don't want to say cheaper, in terms of less less expensive, but one of the ones that are just you know thrown together and tossed on the marketplace and don't add as much value. Is that a worry? Is there a lot of uh, contamination uh, in the marketplace from stuff that's cheaply and poorly produced? Overseas by people trying to, you know, grab a particular market that they think is hot. Yeah, there is, but but luckily at this point, a lot of that has been filtered out now. Um, in like about four or five years ago, when I first started producing courses for my books, there was a lot of uh, saturation in in the marketplaces, and a lot of just terrible, terrible stuff. But um, most of the marketplaces, especially the ones that have been around a long time. They've done a really good job now of filtering a lot of that stuff out and making certain that they don't even get published on the marketplace. So that's the other thing you need to keep in mind is is that the marketplaces have very specific criteria that you want to make certain that you know about before you think about going out there. Right. Last question is sort of a, a big, quick, big picture question. Do you find that uh, print is um, diminishing and giving way to e-learning, or is it more like they're both supporting each other and doing as doing rather well. No, I think they support each other really well. Yeah. And and I think that that, you know, if anything, e-learning is an opportunity to offer a a digital version, a high quality digital version of your print book or a version and you know and more of the print book. But that but that they go along well with each other. Because we've even found that that even people who take courses from you know our customers and clients, they request books. They still want books. They right. want something that they can physically have in front of them while they're taking the course. Maybe take notes in or you know, in the margins and so forth. So they're definitely complementary. As an example of uh, something, you have your own uh, Deltina U, which is you've taken your expertise and you've packaged it. It's like the how to do uh, Twitter, Facebook, you have separate separate videos, you got a whole package. Um, what was, uh, how long did it take you to do all that? And uh, what are your thoughts about that whole process? Well, it, it was a lot of work. And in the beginning, I had just some YouTube videos that I had out there that were for marketing the book. And I ended up just taking those and and creating courses out of them. But then they kind of slowly morphed into something better and better and better every time. But, you know, to give you an idea of how long these things, those, those like a, a video lesson would take me, somebody who's, 
you know, really, really good at using software and technology. It would take me from like writing the script to recording the script to recording the screencast to putting the audio and editing everything. It would take me about eight solid hours for a 10-minute video lesson. So, you know, you think you get really, really good at it and you can just whip through it, but but you it really takes a lot of time and a lot of attention to detail to go in there and, and get it all done. But then it's done. And the only regret I have about mine is that it, it is such, it's a subject area that changes so rapidly that um, that kind of investment is, can be a little bit frustrating if, you know, in a month, Twitter has completely changed its platform and you pretty much have to start from scratch. Right. Stuff can go uh, stale pretty quickly, I guess, in the, in the social media world. Uh, I, I think it's a really good, uh, if someone wants to uh, get a sense of what you can, what, what you can do if you really take it to that next level, I would suggest you check out Deltina U at deltinau.com. It's very nicely designed. It's pleasant to look at. It's easy to navigate, and you get uh, a cute picture of Deltina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my caricature. Your caricature, yes, yes. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about, but um, I think we're going to uh, stop here. I'd like to thank uh, thank you very much, Deltina, for, for coming by. Oh, thank you for having me, Peter. And uh, Deltina Hay is the uh, Director of Technology and E-Learning Development at E-Learning Delta. Uh, and that is elearningdelta.com. Also check out deltinau.com uh, for what Deltina does with her, her own material. Um, there's a tremendous amount to learn and certainly a lot to benefit from this. So thanks again for coming by, Deltina. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I hope you can appreciate all the possibilities that e-learning of the sort Deltina talked about opens you up to. Uh, more than just having a website that basically reproduces the book or summarizes content, you can have a robust website that fulfills the same mission as your book, extends its readership, and provides additional income as well as a platform on which to build your business and other related products. I find myself wondering how much of this is the shape of publishing of the future. I asked Altina whether she thought e-learning was going to replace the book, and she said what well, most people tend to say, that e-learning and books complement each other. And that's true, of course, for now. But as you project today's timeline outward and imagine our gray generation fading out into the twilight, is it possible that younger generations and generations to follow them are going to be considerably less wedded to book formats and to linear methods of storytelling and instruction? E-learning and all learning, when you think about it, is inherently modular. You learn things one at a time and assemble what you've learned into a skill. So it lends itself to a kind of granular approach to presentation, one crumb at a time. And because it's built in discrete units, users can dip in only as time allows, and they don't need a sustained and continuous commitment in order to absorb the content. In fact, uh, some learning courses are designed so that you can jump in wherever you want, at the end if you like. As new generations of learners come along, they're going to demand that information be served up in modules or granules and not necessarily in a linear, logical progression from beginning to end. So if you're thinking about your next book project, why not visualize it first in e-learning terms and see if that doesn't help you create a more robust and differently organized print publication. Most publishers and authors, I imagine, think in terms of print the traditional way without considering alternative design and structures that especially lend themselves to online learning. Now, this is really nothing new. 
Those who work in video and TV have long thought more visually and about multimedia presentations than book publishers. Information in print has long been considered what? More in-depth, more thoughtful, more authoritative. But I think that age may be past, even while too many book publishers still think that print is the best game in town. Maybe it's time for a little reality check. And once you explode your prejudices, you may find that e-learning may in fact be the better way to go. Now, I myself am not there yet, but don't let that stop you. Now, to comment on this podcast, tweet to me using the handle at Peter Goodman or at IBPA. Uh, Just a reminder, if you are already a member of IBPA, we appreciate your support and be sure to let us hear from you. If you'd like to learn more about IBPA or considering joining, check out the IBPA website at ibpa-online.org. I'm Peter Goodman. Thanks for listening to Inside Independent Publishing. Keep your nose in that book. And as my bosses in Japan used to say, let's have publishing fun.